big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. Hello and a big warm welcome to you. My name is Marion Rose. And I'm Lael Stone. Today we're talking about family conditioning. Lael, yes. are you on your phone? I was on my phone because I'm about to read. I'm about to read to you why we're talking about this. Um, no, I'm just bored with you, so I'm yeah, going to yes, just scroll no, Instagram. To be, uh, sorry to be um, <laughs> taking you away from, from scrolling Instagram. Oh, dear. Um, well, hello, everybody. Today, family conditioning. I was just reading. Um, we got somebody wrote into us just asking if we could explore this a little more. And we both thought this is a great topic to lean into. So this... Uh, this question was really about um, this woman's partner who um, had grew up with a bit of a challenging childhood and finds that when they go back to visit that family of origin, um, that it, her partner doesn't often stand up for himself and his mother and sister will, um, you know, treat him badly, treat him like he's still a little boy and, um yeah, there isn't much respect there and it's very challenging to, for her to witness her partner do this when he goes back to the family. And how do you navigate this? How do you navigate that what we're calling family conditioning when you have been one way in your family as a child and then perhaps you grow up and you leave and then you come back but you're placed in that same box again or you are treated in similar ways to the role that you played when you were younger? Now, I think this happens in many families um, and I think this is such a good topic to explore because what can we do with that? I mean, that's really what we want to look at. It's very understandable how we move back into those spaces, but what can we do to change change that patterning and that conditioning and, and how we turn up in that space so we no longer feel either that way or that we can change the dynamic in our family? So it's a good juicy topic to lean into. Mm, it is, isn't it? And I was thinking something kind of similar and related that can be really kind of helpful information as well if we're going back to our family of origin with our children and then we're seeing perhaps our parents maybe interacting with our children in ways that really make sense of perhaps the things that we've been working with psychologically of like oh no okay so they probably did that to me or responded to me like that when I did that and that makes so much sense of why I'm now x y and z or working mm. with something so there's something powerful isn't there about seeing the impact of these ways that we are responded to and how much we can be drawn back into them and how painful that can be at yes. times to be like, yes. oh, ouch. And sometimes yeah. thinking that maybe, oh, I've, you know, I've done that, I've done the inner work and I'm, that doesn't happen for me anymore. And then to find like, pachong, we're right back there again. You know, there's that saying, if you think you, excuse my swearing, if you think you've got your shit together, just go live with your family for a week. And then you'll be like, oh, there's an edge. <laughs> There's another edge. Yeah, wasn't and, that and, Ram, Ram Das, I think? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. But I do. I love that because it's really true, isn't it? And I think um, that's why people often move to other countries or move really far away from their family so they're not put in those places because it feels painful or those wounds are there. So it can be so, so, so big. And, you know, one of the things that often um, 
clients I work with will say when we talk about our childhoods, they'll often say, I can't remember any of my childhood. I, I can't remember how my parents responded to me. And yet then they'll hang out with them with their children, as you're saying, and they'll watch their parents respond to the grandchildren, probably in similar ways that they were responded to. And they'll be like, oh, that's probably what happened <laughs> because they're shutting down the tears or they're trying to distract them or they're telling them, you know, don't be so upset or, you know, there's a whole lot of different words and things that they're saying that's very familiar to us somewhere because we're like, oh, yeah, that's that's what happened to me when I was younger. Mm, funny you're saying about people moving very far away. I did that. And one thing I found is it was really helpful in terms of um, doing things completely differently. <laughs> it's completely free. It's like starting with a fresh slate mm. without anybody you know did everything really differently from pregnancy to birth and any everything and it was really helpful to not have anybody um around who was trying to persuade me not to do that yes. so, I mean there are obviously disadvantages of not having yeah. that long-term support and community um, mm. but there was definitely many advantages of actually just being so um unencumbered by all that conditioning yes. because I was living in a completely different country and without the people that I that had you know had that I had been in ways with in younger years that would have mm. made it much harder for me to do that mm. which then makes me think about people who are trying to change these stories and imprints and patterns in their own family of origin with a lot of contact, how tricky it is, how tricky it is when you are like, you know what, I want to do it a different way, yet you're seeing your family, you know, three or four times a week or, you know, you're, you're with your siblings or because it's so much more in your face, isn't it? So, you know, I think that's really important to remember, wow, it is really hard when we're wanting to do it differently when we are still surrounded by those people who are like, no, no, this is the way you should do it or this is the box we've placed you in. It's very hard to often find who we are. And I think, you know, it takes me back to why the teenage years are so important and that young adulthood is really important because it is such a time of of finding who you are outside of that family unit. And it's often very important for teenagers or young adults to go overseas or go somewhere else or, you know, find out what is my identity outside of you. And that can feel very challenging for parents when they feel their children pull away a little bit. They're like, no, 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 that doesn't feel safe. You've got to come back. You're one of us. You've got to belong to our tribe here. This is how we do it. And that can be a real push-pull for a lot of people as well. But it's so important that we step outside of that to be able to go, well, who am I outside of this, this family circle here? Because it's very important that I get to feel and be who I need to be, especially if we grew up in a family where we weren't allowed to be who we felt we needed to be, you know, especially if we had to be good all the time, especially if we had to, um, you know, work hard to get our parents' approval, especially if we had a role that we took on in the family of looking after the younger siblings, you know, or looking after a parent or anything that was a heavy responsibility that perhaps wasn't ours to carry, but we had to because that was the role in the family we got handed and it was too challenging to say no or we didn't have the way, the words to say no or we didn't know how to. And therefore, that's what we've taken on. And, you know, you probably see this so much as well, Marion, with many of the people I, I work with, that that is still playing out now. You know, the roles that we take on when we were younger, whether that is that you are the person that fixes everything in the family or whether you're the one that has to make it all right or whether you're the scapegoat in the family or whether you're responsible for your brothers and sisters and or whatever the role is that you had to take on board 
often we can play it out and sometimes so unconsciously we don't even realize that we're still doing it absolutely and the other thing I was thinking going back to what we were just saying that if if you're around your family and you are becoming a parent there's something um, that can be really tricky in that because you your parents might still be responding to you more as a child and seeing that they are the parents and they tell you what to do and uh, that tricky transition if you're coming into being a parent with your parents around who are wanting to maybe for you to parent in the ways that they parented that's a really big thing to be then like stretching into this new role as parent as uh, and often people often only start connecting with that when they're becoming parents oh what do I believe and what you know how you know things like where do I want my baby to sleep and do I what kind of birthing do I want to go for and you know all the kinds of questions that we think about how challenging that is if we're constantly being invited to be kind of squished back into the, the conditioning that we receive when actually we're wanting to really, you know, it's almost like the next level of the spiral, isn't it, from what you're talking around the adolescence and then the, the young adulthood is what do you fundamentally believe about human beings and what they need to thrive? And, and it's such a core question that we come to in parenting and I think at these times we really need that love and support and that, mm. yes, what do you, yeah, what do you really want? And mm. yeah, what, how would you like to be with your baby? And, um, you know, mm. how would you like to respond? And, you know, all the questions we have around, mm. you know, do you want to have a cot or do you want to have them sleep with you? And do you want to uh, breastfeed, put them in a breastfeed or bottle feed? Do you want to put them in a pram or a stroller or a push chair mm. or whatever you call it in your country? Or do you want to um, carry them on your body? Like all of these questions, that are so um they're really big questions to be uh, asking ourselves and I really think that's the time where we really need lots of space and support mm. to go yeah what do you what feel into that how do you mm. what would you really like and mm. if you look around what would you really love and mm. I think so often uh newer parents are not getting that support to really listen to themselves again there's so much not only family conditioning but cultural mm. conditioning and mm. advertising and um, you know, I even remember when uh, I was pregnant with Lana, that's 21 years ago now, and we were like, do we want to get a, in Australia called strollers, do we want a stroller or do we just kind of do this, you know, baby carrying thing? And we went to the shop and literally it was like 50 different types of strollers and they were all black. And I was like, why are they all black? What is, this is so horrible for a baby. I don't want my baby anymore. And I'm not even going to buy one anyway. And just these kinds of, you know, the, the bigger conditioning that happens mm. around this is how you are with a baby yes. that, we, yes. that we're getting all around the place, not just from yes. our family. Yes. So it, it's a really big time where we, I, I think parents need so much support. And I, oh. and I think that's what we're here to really support you listeners to go, well, what would you like to do? What resonates yes. for you? What are you, what did you not? enjoy receiving when you were growing up what didn't mm. you what don't you like and mm. really listening into what resonates for you mm. as a parent mm. not your parents or your sister or your mm. you know your neighbor down the road but for you what really yes. resonates in your heart about this yes it's so big isn't it because when we sometimes have dynamics in families where we're really enmeshed which means you know it's 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 not just you, it's all about exactly what your sister thinks and what the mum thinks and it just, you know, it's all kind of intertwined. It can be so hard to stand in your centre and go, where am I in this and who do I want to be? And it takes work and it takes practice and it can feel very dangerous standing up and saying, actually, I want it to be like this. 
And the reason why it can feel so dangerous sometimes is because we, when we're young, we take on board these stories and we go, well, this is how it is. And this is who I need to be in order to survive because we're hardwired for attachment. That's survival. And so we learn pretty early on, I must be good in order to get my needs met here. And so we often abandon who we are or what we want to be or what we really want to say, because most of us are brought up in a world where we have to be good. And so it can feel so challenging as an adult to actually speak what we need to speak or claim the space we want to take because often, in, and this is so much of the work we do, often when those inner child parts of us haven't actually been listened to or integrated or heard or loved in the way they've needed to, when we try and stand up and say what we need to, the fear of that little child comes popping up and that's why it can feel so terrifying to actually say, you know what, mum, I don't want to do it that way. Or you know what, dad, I don't actually like the way that you're speaking to me. It can feel so terrifying because it's usually the child parts of us that are that have popped up and that's what's feeling the fear. And, you know, that's so much of the work we often talk about of what do we need to do to heal those younger parts of us to be able to stand and say, actually, this is who I am and this is the space I want to claim and it's okay if you don't like it because I am choosing me and and this is my life and my journey. But it can feel so big, so, so big. And, and you know, I, I, I absolutely have so much empathy and compassion for people because you can work with someone and go, okay, let's look at it and what words do you think you could say? And then the minute you walk in the door of your family home, it's just like, yep, I'm back being this one again, right? <laughs> And you're back being the one that everyone blames or you're back being the one that tries to make everyone laugh or you're back being the one that's got to help everybody. We so often take on those roles because, you know, they're, they're often so unconscious we don't even realise we're doing them. And that fits with what we were talking about last week about the balance of attention and understanding you know, that when we get into a situation that was similar to, to what we've experienced in the past, that's what our psyche does. We go back to those, those same feelings, that same age in our body. So we might suddenly feel small because we're actually going back into those younger places in us. And, you know, we're really designed to be like that. And it is a really big thing to gradually and increasingly um, be relating to our parents or our family of origin from our adult self and not from a younger parts from actually our own parent self that actually's like no I'm this is I, I get to choose I'm the parent now <laughs> you had your opportunity mm. and and to really stand in that authority no mm. I know I've seen many people who've really wanted to you know whatever it is whether it's home birth or homeschool or whatever and the challenges they've had because of those younger parts and all the feelings that show up when their parents are just basically saying well no we didn't you know you shouldn't do this or you can't do this or this is not right or um and so often as well uh parents yeah. or, or grandparents can also then go into all their own feelings they can think that that um perhaps we are judging them or that we are you know blaming them or or um you know it can be really painful and I often remember as a younger mum, I used to think well what would happen if my kids do something completely different some completely different type of parenting and how painful that might be and how powerless I might feel and how I might mm. really want compassion and empathy mm. um for the doing it differently so I think there's something about that and we have talked about this in a different mm. podcast which one was that called I've forgotten family. something to do with family where we mm. we really talked about that element as well mm. but mm. and you know it also makes me think about um 
And I, I talked a little bit about this on the podcast I did with my mum when we were talking about archetypes and she, I think we were talking about the different, she often talks about the different levels of consciousness and she would talk about that often when we're in a tribal mentality, we're all about keeping everybody else happy and we're worried about what everyone thinks and we often have a bit of a victim consciousness if it's not fair, things keep happening to me. And we kind of stay stuck in this place of we're doing what the tribe approves of and then something will happen in our life. We have some form of crisis or awakening so we might get sick or we lose our job or we become a parent or something big happens and we go, actually, there's got to be more to this. And then we move into what she calls an individuation level of consciousness which is where we're like going wow actually do I believe that anymore and is that who I want to be yet when we're in that that state it's often very lonely and people can refer to that as the dark night of the soul when you're in that place of like really questioning well who am I and who do I want to be and I love that my mum used to explain it to me this way and she said and what often happens is when you move into that individuation state the tribe looks at you and goes what are you doing don't go over there come back here. And so they often will try and pull you back in to that tribal mentality because when you are actually starting to question, you know what, well, this is perhaps who I am and this is who I want to be and we start taking actions to claim ourselves, it can often be a mirror back to those others who aren't that says actually I'm choosing me. Now we we live in Australia that has a very strong culture of this is that when we see someone successful or doing something wonderful, we like to pull them down. We call it the tall poppy syndrome here um, because often it's a threat. It's this whole, well, you can't be successful because that, that makes me reflect on that I'm not successful and then that makes me feel bad. So if you're not successful, then I don't have to feel bad. And so often in that tribal mentality, what can happen is that as we shift and change, we get criticism from the tribe. We might get criticism from our family or our friends and what are you doing and why are you behaving like that and why are you into that now or you know and they they kind of try and pull you back and sometimes we get sucked back into it because we have such a need to belong so we get sucked back into it and then we go god no this feels uncomfortable still I don't want to be here and then we go back into that state again and then as we work through those core belief systems and this is so much of, of the work that we both do Marion of really looking at our stories and our pain and what needs to be healed as we do that work, you know, my mum talks about we move into the third level of consciousness, which is a symbolic way of being where we actually can look back and have so much compassion and empathy for the tribe. We don't need to change them. We deeply accept them for who they are and we know who we are and we can meet them in whatever way we choose, knowing that you don't have to change and you don't have to be, you can be who you need to be and they don't have to change either. You can deeply love and accept them for who they are. And, you know, that I love that kind of different levels of awareness because I see that so often. I have, I've journeyed that so much in my own life of stepping out of the tribe and then getting back in and I care what people think, but I don't want to care what people think and I want to be like this. And, and part of it is doing that work until we reach that knowing of, as we've said in many of our podcasts, we are enough. We are completely enough just the way we are. We don't need to be anything but who we are. And we're able to sit and stand in that place. And, and especially when we can parent from that place, that's incredible because we're following our intuition. We're, we're trusting our heart. We're being able to, you know, we've healed a lot of those own old stories so that we're able to then come to parenting from a different way of, of thinking. But I think it's really important to understand that, the people who we often think love us will sometimes pull us back into being the way they want us to be because 
it's it's safe for them if we are like that. They know the role that you play. I play this role. You play that role. We all know what it is. Even if it's very dysfunctional, that's the role. <laughs> and there's comfort in the dysfunction because we know it. And when you step out of that role into something else, that can feel deeply confronting for everybody and yourself. But, you know, the, the quest is to often go, well, who am I and who do I want to be? Mm, I love that, Lau. I'm thinking similarly about conditioning and I often say that conditioning is, is really important. It's how culture is passed down. And in a healthy culture, that's a wonderful thing. You know, if, you, if we live in a culture that's self-sustaining and that's healthy and that's gorgeous and beautiful, then, uh, you know, everyone learns, you know, oh, this is what's, you know, you look at any uh, kind of intact culture that's really still connected to their indigeneity like we see that beauty of that and but if it's in a culture which i you know i call the disconnected domination culture that's what gets passed down and i think it's really helpful to understand that culture is mm, is designed to be passed down it's designed to be really strong it's designed to be really strong so the fact that we often will find it hard as we're moving away from that to more and more be connecting with who we really are rather than who we've been uh, mirrored to be or told we are or needed to become in order to, to fit in or be loved or belong, um, that it's normal and natural to find that process a big stretch. I and mean, I'm thinking even about Bruce Lipton's work and about the different states of consciousness that we're in when we're younger, we really mm. are almost like a um, you know, highly hypnotizable state. We're taking it all in. We are learning exactly what is required in our family of origin and our culture. I and mean, it's so powerful, which is why childhood is so important, which is why, you know, the parenting that we do and what we, you know, what our kids see and experience is so powerful because mm. we are literally in those different states of consciousness. So I think uh, that's what I love about really reminding us that, Conditioning is designed to be really powerful because it's the way cultures uh, re, what's the word? They recreate themselves. They continue. Mm -hmm. um, but in a in a culture like us, where we really need to evolve and we need to actually shift into different mm -hmm. states of consciousness, and which are much more related to connectedness mm -hmm. and compassion and power, that's it's inevitably going to be really hard at times. Absolutely, and I love that you said that because. I, I was thinking that too. There is some beautiful richness and gorgeousness that is passed down that becomes part of who we are, whether that's, I don't know, the love of cooking together, whether it's where you all sing, whether it's, I don't know, I, I, just there's so much beauty that can be passed down, absolutely, and and that is rich and magnificent. And I think the more painful elements, um, we often just kind of go, oh, that's just how it is and we'll just get over it. But I, I think it's really important to know that we actually can do the work to shift and change that because like we talk about or I talk about with imprints or that conditioning, unless we actually stop to do the work, we will often just unconsciously pass it on to our children. And I know that so many people don't want to. I don't want to pass that on of the way that I felt. And that's where we kind of draw the line to say, okay, well, I'm going to do the work. I'm going to look at what doesn't serve me, look at what role I've played, look at how that makes me feel and what can I do to shift that. So I, I would love to because I, I really want to give our listeners some perhaps some insights or tools that they can work with. 
if I was coming to you, Marion, and I was like, oh, my God, I hate the way I am in my family. You know, everybody always makes me wrong. It's always my fault. Nobody takes responsibility. I don't like being there. You know, I, I turn into just a real, you know, I don't say what I need. I really want to say. What would you say to me, Marion? What would you say is my first step to, to, um, to help? Well, I would probably go down some kind of road, which is what does this remind you of or how old do you feel or what do you really want to say? But basically, I always think for me, first of all, is is empathy to be really heard, to actually have your experience really heard. You know, I really hear how frustrated you feel or how powerless you feel or how scared you feel or whatever it is and to really really deeply acknowledge that because to me that's that's generally the first step love is the first step really listening to actually what you did experience and to me uh i often think that in order for change to happen we really want to change but often what we did experience and how we did feel needs to be loved first in order to support us to move into willingness to actually change and to be different and i think most attempts to change if we don't get heard to some degree if we don't actually get those feelings expressed which again is why we're so passionate about where parenting um and i know there are so many modalities and so you know i trust whatever anyone feels called to but for me personally i think hearing the feelings is vital and what we actually experienced as little people growing up in that family uh, i i just can't agree with you enough because i think it we can know it in our heads. We can go, oh, yeah, I was made to be this because of that, right? And, you know, my, my parents had a hard time and then they passed on to me and we can know it intellectually. But if we don't acknowledge it and feel it and give that younger parts of us a voice and hear them and love them, as you say, then we're just intellectualizing it all. We're just letting it understanding ahead and then so often we'll go back into that same situation and boom we'll be triggered again because it's sitting in our bodies and so I, I absolutely agree with you we have to feel it first now maybe that might be that you can journal it maybe for some people they can journal you know this part of me when I was four you know I'm, I, why did I have to be the scapegoat in the family why did everyone make me wrong you know and be able to really express that and then be met with love and compassion it could be that you bring it to your partner and say can you listen to me around this it could be that you take it to a therapist or someone who you know is there to hold space for you to work through it but I absolutely agree with you the first piece is being able to feel the pain of what what you took on board or where you what what needs were not met for you in that in that dynamic and I love what you said in terms of when we go back if we if we just have the thoughts and the understanding like oh you know this is how I was or this is how I was treated or I did it because of this because again of the wisdom of the psyche if we go back into our family the feelings that the two reasons they show up those feelings one is the conditioning this is how it is but the other reason I believe is because those feelings want to be heard which is why they keep showing up and we can keep going but I don't want to feel this way but if we don't ever have those younger parts heard I always have the sense that they're they're going oh you're gonna listen to me this time oh you're gonna to listen to me this time oh oh wow look oh they're going back they're going back to see them. their family you're going back to see your family oh will you listen to me this time it's like a little it literally is like a little child going please listen I just want to be heard and, and if we keep going no I don't want to or I shouldn't you know all the again all the conditioning around the self-judgment or the shouldingness or all of that stuff that we can then add on the top rather than just 
oh I hear you I really hear these little parts of me or having someone else to hear mm. how how we felt because yes to feel a feeling a painful feeling and to be on our own with it as a little person and it's so painful and so unenjoyable and we can't really feel it if we don't have an adult being with us being able to be with it so we 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 still keep trying we keep those little yeah. parts keep trying and they will keep trying forever they will. Will you hear me now yes and and if you if you're wondering how that turns up that turns up as anxiety that turns up as you're sitting there on a tuesday thinking oh my god on saturday we're going to my family's for a barbecue oh god what am i starting to feel sick all of a sudden <laughs> right it's that's that's what's knocking at your door is those little parts of you going hey we're here i love it as you're saying it we're here we've got something to tell you and i love what, and i'm going to just re-emphasize this because i love it so much none of it is wrong and none of it means that you're you know there's something wrong with you it's we all have this we all have these parts of ourselves that turn up when we feel scared that we're going back into a similar situation or when something's reminding us of something like it's it's part of being human and the more we can lean towards it and welcome it and thank it and sit down with it and listen, the sooner it passes. It, it actually becomes such a beautiful skill that we learn to develop to not abandon those parts of ourselves, but welcome them and say, thank you for being here. Thank you for showing me which parts of me still feel hurt. Thank you for, for guiding me to know how to heal this so I can do it differently and I can move forward and grow that's it's a gift it is a gift it's here saying i'm here for you i'm here for you come just lean in come and listen it's so powerful isn't it so so powerful and to reassure everybody like i think this happened to me last week i was literally <laughs> massive meltdown triggered by something like really i haven't been in that state of like feeling for such a long time and i had to call a friend to say can you listen to me because I could feel it was like terror in my body. And I knew my brain was like, you're fine, Lael, you're fine. But I'm like, no, I'm really not fine. There's something big here. And I was surprised at myself because I hadn't felt like that in a long time. And I'd, I've done a lot of work, but it really reminded me, ah, it's just another layer. This is just, we all have these. And so lean in. And I knew that I just needed someone to support me through it. And I did, and it moved pretty quickly. Um, but it, it just it reminded me again of none of it is wrong it's just it was just saying to me hey you need to let go of this bit because it doesn't serve you anymore and it's still sitting there so let's lean in mm, so lovely isn't it to really to have that love and you no, know, I often think as well other steps that can be after that are um really supporting again those younger parts so often we might find that we're going in in these younger places in ourselves to to often maybe try and get empathy. So, for example, you know, most people or many people into aware parenting, they'll be like, oh, OK, now I get it. Listening to feelings, acknowledgement of feelings, this is really important. Then we might go back to our family of origin and go. No one's ever given me empathy. No one <laughs> listens to feelings because, of course, in the, in what I call the DDC, listening to feelings is not a thing that generally happens it's very rare so it's very common that then we might keep going back and wanting to be heard we might keep going and every time maybe you go back and visit your family and you want them to hear you this time and perhaps you're one 
one parent just talks over you or another one says oh no don't worry it's all right or you shouldn't worry or what you know that happened to me last Friday so all these ways in our culture that we distract or we diminish or we talk over or we judge that these are all ways that are part of this conditioning we may find that we re-putting ourselves in those painful positions again because we're actually searching for empathy or whatever else it might be it might be validation or acknowledgement appreciation whatever the particular hurt is but we're asking for it in a place where where they're not able to give it because they've never received it and they mm. don't understand and they don't it's so it's not that they don't love you just mm. often that they just have not experienced that so mm. i find another stage of the journey can often be really I think they can often be a mourning process. I think I've shared about this in another podcast. And I remember going through that myself of like, ah, it's possible that I might never ever receive that from this person that of course I most, I most want to receive it from them. And I might not ever get that from them. There's something about that process of really acknowledging that and then being unwilling to actually keep searching for those places where we just get hurt over and over and mm. over again and to actually then go to places where we can. So again, that might be our empathy buddy or our partner if they're, if they're really competent empathy or an aware parenting instructor, therapist, whoever it is, to actually start to get that experience of having our feelings heard, of receiving empathy, of being unconditionally loved and to be unwilling to keep going back into that the the repetitive I can't say the word repetitive experience Mm. of not having that and the paradox is that often that supports change to happen so you know in terms of the my Marian method work is when we actually receive that internally and increasingly that new internal um, relationship is formed where we where we we, the younger parts know I receive empathy I'm heard my feelings are welcomed it actually can support change happen in the family system in in such surprising ways i've had that so many times Mm. with mentees where they go through that process and then actually something shifts in one or both of their parents and in ways that you just could not even possibly believe so i think that can be another important part of this journey i love that so much because and the way i often talk about it in my work is that and I talk about it in the sense of an imprint, if we grow up with an imprint that says I'm not heard, I'm not listened to, you know, what I've got to say isn't valuable, we often keep looking for evidence that that is true. So we keep putting ourselves in a situation where that same thing's going to be bounced back to us again and again. We go, see, more evidence. No one listens to me. I'm not heard. You know, what I've got to say isn't important. So we keep looking for it. And until we do that inner work, as you're talking about so beautifully, and look and shift and change actually I'm worthy of being listened to and I have really important things to say and I'm so willing for that to happen in my world, we start to look for evidence of that, right, and then we start to see it and then that becomes what we're willing to shift and change in, in the way we, we do life. You know, we are open to actually being loved and heard and listened to because it starts internally. It's that, it's that whole thing. How can anyone love us so deeply if we don't start with ourselves? You know, what are, if, we, if we're full of judgment and critical thoughts and, you know, self-loathing, then that is the energy that we're putting out there of what we think we deserve or 
that we should have and actually it always starts inside doesn't it to change that story and that pattern so that we actually can look for it and and I agree with you I've had many people do powerful work like this and then just shifts have happened in their family because they've moved from that internal place it's pretty powerful isn't it of what can happen when we do that and then what they're willing to have brought back into their lives so powerful so mm. powerful and then I'm thinking of one other thing I mean there are mm. many many there's hundreds that we could probably go down the other thing particularly going back to what you were talking about earlier on about all the ways that we might need to or we might have um, developed in our family of origins to to origins to origin to survive or to belong or to be loved or to re- receive love um, is that there can often come a time where we actually really appreciate all those ways that we found like the, and the the deep gratitude for finding a way within that system to get our needs met at least somewhat. And even though we needed to kind of twist ourselves into pretzels or change ourselves, that we actually did all these amazing things. And it might also include feeling great gratitude for our control patterns the ways we learned to suppress our feelings when we were in an environment which wasn't conducive which wasn't able to listen which didn't have the capacity to listen so I find increasingly there comes that oh my gosh I'm so grateful for for that younger part of me and and those ways that she found to to actually get through this rather than again having judgments of ourselves or trying to get rid of these parts of us and again the paradox is and I find this always with love and compassion and that the more we can actually really appreciate those parts and say thank you so much for all that you did and I'm so grateful to you actually again that supports change to happen and I think you know for me the more we are trying to get rid of a part of us or our feeling the more we're trying to disconnect from it the more it goes it's just like a little child again you know it's like no but please no don't leave me whereas the more we just say oh thank you so much and I love you and I'm so grateful to you the more those parts that that needed to kind of cling on so hard to survive they might go oh gosh well maybe I'm not needed anymore because there's all this love here so maybe I don't need to try and meet everyone's needs above my own or maybe I don't need to be the scapegoat in the family or maybe I don't need to save everyone whatever it was Mm. we those parts can increasingly go oh I can make a well-deserved holiday now (laughs) because she's got this (laughs) and I love too that as we integrate this internal stuff it's it can allow us then to claim more space for ourselves, which may be about setting limits or, or boundaries with our family, whereas perhaps maybe we weren't able to, perhaps we weren't able to feel like we had a voice or we weren't listened to. As we integrate them internally, we can find we have more of that power, that internal power that actually says, you know what, I'm not willing for you to speak to me that way anymore or um, I'm actually not going to come over with the kids if that's how you're going to treat me. So here's my, you know, here's my limit here, which once upon a time may have felt really scary and you may have felt like I'll be judged or I'll be kicked out of the family or whereas it actually as we do that inner work, it allows us to claim the space that we say actually uh, that's a no for me, I'm not going to do that or yes, I'm willing to do this. Or it also can help us to then move into real compassion 
with family members who perhaps once we were judging or we were saying they are wrong. But as we do that internal work, you know, as we have more and more compassion for ourselves, it allows us then to have more compassion for others. Now, it doesn't mean you, you should put yourself in situations where you still feel that it's really toxic or it doesn't feel good. You know, absolutely, sometimes the most empowering thing is actually to set a limit and say, I don't want to see you anymore. Uh, but it also can help us have compassion and understanding for where those people in our family have come from. And we can meet them where they're at in the sense of we see that they don't have to change because, as you said, when we're still searching, when we're going back going, oh, wow, I've just realised this bit, please hear me now or please love me now or please accept me now, when we're still looking for that, then, you know, it often is a bit of a sign that we need to do more of that internal listening and work for ourselves and when we have reached that place where we feel whole or we have we feel healed in that we actually are not looking for anything from them anymore because we can just see that they are doing what they're doing that's their best journey for who they are and i actually don't need them to be any different because they are doing who they are and that that is freedom <laughs> like that is so powerful because you realize I actually don't need anybody to be a certain way in order for me to be okay. Because you come to a place where you go, I'm okay the way I am. And, and I really feel the need to say this. If you are journeying this at the moment, you're listening to us and you are journeying this, this is big work. And, um, and as we say with kind of first-generation aware parenting, it's big. You put up your hand to change massive patterns that have perhaps been there for generations so it's really big work. So you've got to be so gentle and you need support and, and we're going to slip up at points and then we're going to go, damn, I just lost my cool again or I looked for it, but that's okay. I'll come back to myself again. I'll come back home. I come back home. I come back home. Each time as we do the more healing work, we then begin to grow and expand. But it's big stories that we're changing and, and perhaps our parents or even our siblings or our grandparents, perhaps they didn't have the tools, the insight, the courage, the strength to do that work but if you are questioning it and you're here and you're nodding and you're like yep that sounds like me then really really want to acknowledge the courage and the strength it takes to be willing to change some of these stories for yourself and for your children yeah i absolutely agree with that and you know what i find as well is the further the journey goes the more the um, the viewpoint for me expands so for me you know earlier on in my journey it was all about you know me and my mum me and my dad they didn't do this and i think that we so need to be there we so need to to feel all those feelings really intensely and really in that kind of micro level and over the years my experience is am i keeping you up <laughs> I just yawned. People will be listening to this. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sending you love. Are you a little bit tired? You a bit tired. tired. <laughs> anyway, you're in the middle of something really beautiful. No, <laughs> see, in the past, like in the first year of our podcast, if you'd done that, I would have gone into some younger parts and like, oh no, she's fine. She is fine. This boring. Whereas this time I didn't have that at all. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> Oh, sorry, um, I interrupted bigger, you. Bigger go picture, back. Bigger picture is to go out more and more to go. And again, I don't. I think this is important not to rush this because I think we then can just bypass the feelings. It's really important when we're feeling all the feelings to feel them. Over time, as increasingly we welcome them and we express them, and we've had them lovingly heard. I, I find that exactly as you say that we um, 
you know, get more and more compassion and understanding for our family of origin. And actually, the way I see it is the the picker, the picker, the picture keeps expanding. So, you know, for me, I see my parents, for example, so much affected by the time that they were born in the time that they grew up in and I and I have every faith that if I'd grown up in the same era that they had I would have been very much more affected by all of that stuff so I think to really understand you know coming back to conditioning that this is we are so much affected by the time and the culture that we are brought up in and is changing really rapidly. And there are such big things going on in the planet right now. And I think it's even more important than ever to really understand conditioning because holy moly, I think it's um, unveiling itself really clearly right now to actually understand these things have been going on not only for generations, but probably for thousands of years. And that actually, as we increasingly start to see that bigger and bigger picture, it becomes less and less personal in a way, less and less about, you know, my mum did this or my dad did this, but actually to see this, this intergenerational um, waking up to the mm. conditioning so that we can increasingly become who we really are and be freed from so much of that painful stuff that exists in this culture increasingly freed from judgment and guilt and shame and comparison and competition and lack and blah 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 all that stuff <laughs> and it's so possible um then it takes time and mm. diligence and compassion and mm. but we are changing and shifting i believe and i want to thank all of our listeners for every single thing that you're doing because what you're doing with your child your children and what you're doing in terms of your own development is so profound and is making a huge difference in terms of the consciousness on this planet i believe yes yes to all of that and i mean also it allows you to then live a life where you get to be who you want to be right? i mean that's the bonus of all of this work is that you get closer and closer to having more joy and more intimacy and more love and more compassion and all the good stuff, right? As, as we heal the parts that have felt really wounded and hard, you know, we can often repeat them so we keep having hard in our lives. And as we keep doing this beautiful, powerful work, you know, we open ourselves up to, to feeling how we're meant to feel, which is we are meant to feel abundant and joyous and connected and passionate and full of love all those kind of things but um you know a lot of that sometimes is hard to reach when we're carrying a whole lot of baggage around so yeah it's good to remember there's a lot of trade-offs for doing the work that's for sure mm. yep. all right yep. good juicy topics <laughs> have you got something you would love to offer people to think about around this Hmm. I've got so many things to offer that I cannot think of one. I wonder if you were to close your eyes right now, as I just did just then, and just to not just to connect in with yourself. Hmm. How are you feeling right now? What are you thinking? What's what out of what we've said? What's jumping out at you as an invitation for what you might, um, not next steps you might take? Mm. Mm. Oh, I like that. That's good. The next steps. And I think I'd, I'd like to offer just that, um, the invitation of more compassion, compassion for what we've had to do to get to where we are 
compassion for the parts of you that have had to turn up in your family of origin that have been tricky or perhaps it's been wonderful or just can you bring the younger parts of you lots of compassion for what they've had to do to get to where you are mm-hmm. and you know as we always say compassion is so powerful because it's it's what melts those those tricky big walls that we build and it's what helps ease the judgment and it's um it's what allows us to be more compassionate for other humans when we do it for ourselves. So I wonder if you can lean into some compassion for the younger parts of you that have had to do what they've needed to do to survive. Mm. Yes, so good. Yum. Have you got some offerings right now, Marion, that you want to share? I'm doing the 2022 live round of my attachment play course, That's um, which I love, and um, running a six-hour uh, we're printing online workshop in two parts and that's for parents but also people who want to become aware parenting instructors and who want that six-hour workshop as part of their certification requirements so mm. yum about those two nice what about you lovely lail apart from moving house and just oh, a few yeah. small things at that <laughs> i'm a bit on, i'm a bit on hold at the moment because i feel like i've been moving house for three months it feels like that um yes i still have my couples course there i'm actually i'm i'm planning something else that i'm going to do soon but i i think i need to move house first and get that sorted and then i'll do the next so so now i'm just kind of pausing we're just yeah we'll see Yes. And I've had people message me about our book going, I thought your book was coming out. It is. Can we just tell you this book has a life of its own? Because every time we go to do something like it, something happens. <laughs> so it's become a bit funny, hasn't it, Marianne? We're like, we're just totally trusting that the perfect timing is going to happen for this book that's written, that it just keeps, um, I don't know, for whatever reason, it's waiting for the perfect time to launch. So we're, we're just going to trust that, aren't we? It's yeah. coming. It's I going. do. I will, and I'm reluctant to say it, but I do think it's coming really soon because <laughs> who knows? It will It will be here when it's here and when oh. it's closer, we'll be letting you know. I do yeah. think it's like um, birthing a baby and I'm really into not, no, I don't believe in due dates. Uh, so Me neither. This yeah. is like really uh saying well we we know it's coming and when it's close we'll be able to tell we're in the last (laughs) trimester we're We're totally in the last last trimester (laughs) and we're getting uncomfortable we're getting in that point where we're like i'm starting the i always used to say to women you know when i worked in birth for a long time they're like when do you think the baby would come and i'd I'd often have this theory of women would have to they'd all be like everything's ready and they'd all be happy and joyous and i'd be like you gotta get a bit grumpy first that often women would have to get to the point where they're like i'm so over this or they start to go a bit internal and i'm like ah now we're getting ready right that's often when the babies would come not when all the candles are lit and everything looks perfect it's usually when they've all kind of died down and everything's a bit messy and then it's like ah here it is so who knows maybe we're maybe we've just moved through those bits <laughs> as I say louder I'm not inviting any more um <laughs> we don't need any more we've had that we've, we've had, had the messy we've bits. had floods we've had enough things thank you I'm just ready yes. for the Ta-da! okay we're ready now the contractions are starting they're on the way anyway uh thank you everyone for being here again and for all your beautiful comments and shares we so appreciate it it's beautiful to see this um being spread everywhere yeah it's really really touching Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So much love to all of you and see you next time. Thanks for joining us on the Aware Parenting Journey. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Aware Parenting Podcast. You can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. 
We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.